And welcome back. We got another super exciting week coming up right here. I believe it is episode seven now, which I didn't even know we could climb that high at this point. That's a number we never thought we could reach, but um, we're doing it and we're, we're, we're going past it at this point. We got Miller on here today. We got a special guest coming in. Um, it's going to be an electric episode. I'm I'm really excited for it. And you know, sadly, I will just start off by saying one thing that is really sad about this podcast is you can't see anything. You can only hear it. So I just have to let everyone know how much Michigan gear I'm wearing right now. And um, actually, we'll roll right into it with our guest because Mason's just not happy with it. Uh, Gil, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, happy to be back on the pod. Was on here last summer. Um, like you said, Speaks, I'm excited to dive in, talk about uh, college football, give some pro Michigan takes today. Maybe annoy Miller for a bit. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sandwiched with with Michigan guys right now, and there's a few takes that I don't think you guys are gonna like. But it this isn't a this isn't a spot to be pleasing everyone, and you both know that. As I Michigan think it's gonna fans. get a little heated today. I wouldn't Might be shocked. Tippy. Good, good. It's about freaking time. <laughs> hey, it's been it's been pretty it's been pretty relaxed. I will say in the past, Miller and I have a lot riding on this upcoming season, which. I wanted to start off actually. All right, you ready? You ready for this week? Uh, Do it. Uh, week by week, I'm getting it. All right, I'm gonna pronounce his name right. I think. Oh yeah, let's see. Let's see your Heisman's name. I still have not like listened to it or like tried <laughs> to like look at like the pronunciation, but I have I have it written right here, and we're gonna go ahead and try. Okay. All right. DJ Ugailele. That that that's got to be close. That's got to be close. You know, you know, the biggest help for you is going to be watching the Clemson games, or oh, maybe yeah. it won't be help in like hearing each announcer pronounce it a different way. Yeah. And then by the time the Wake Forest game comes, that's your like last like hoorah, and you got to exactly. say like, what it is, and then we'll like look it up and see how close it is. Yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to cheat right now. This podcast is not about cheating, so no. I just wanted to, you know, make sure I can pro like have some progress listen to it's gonna be like Giannis like every uh announcer would just like botch his last name so hard and they still do he's he's pretty much the next Giannis Antetokounmpo in sports because he's that good so okay it's a hot take but you know what that's what we're here for <laughs> um so I kind of want to jump right into it and talk about the Big Ten if you don't mind in college football all of us you know Big Ten fans here speaks is Speaks is Pac-12, which, you know, we'll probably get disintegrated pretty shortly, but that's all right. We'd welcome Oregon to the Big Ten. We'd welcome you scums over, but love it. let me just say this. And I don't know if either of you guys are going to like this, and I've told Gail this. I don't think Ohio State loses a football game this year, and if they do, it's to a team in black and yellow. Nice. Oh. The Hawks are going to go in there and stomp them. They're, you're – you're fucking shitting yourself if you think Michigan's going to win two years in a row, let alone win in Columbus against maybe the best team in the country right now. That like that doesn't you can try to argue it, but it's just that's just where we're at right now. You, you know what? That's really sad is that it's just completely wrong. And um, I'll, I'll even start it off with that. I think they're not going to lose just to Michigan, but they're also going to lose week one. And they're going to lose to Notre Dame. So I have them losing wow. two different games, as well as I just have to put this out there. They lost their star running back. So they're fucked. There's nothing else they can do. 
this point. Their quarterback, don't even know who he is, coach. At least he's a little bit of a someone. But um, I'm going to go with they lose two games this season. So, you know, could it's all that talk over there, Miller. You think they're going to be that good? But no, no, it's just not going to happen. I just – I think just the arrogance of Michigan fans is showing right now. And I'll let Gil get into it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to agree with Speaks here. And, you know, looking at the Buckeyes' schedule, they're bringing in that new defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State who's good, Jim Knowles. But it's a system that takes a few years to get in. And that defense was baby soft last year. I wouldn't be shocked to see him lose three games this year. Notre Dame, Iowa, and then Michigan. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be happening, but I think if there's any year where you see a three-loss Ohio State team, it could be this year. Let me, let me ask you both this, and this is just like deep, deep core honesty right now. Remove the bias. You're putting every money, like every single penny you have in your bank account this year on how many games Ohio State is losing in the regular season remove the big 10 championship, remove playoffs. How many games do you say that they're losing over under one and a half? Wow. Oh, I'm hammering. Wow. If, yeah. if I'm a betting man. Yeah. You're, you're taking the under. Yeah. I mean, they're odds on favorite in every game. How about over? But under? That's just extra money. How about over, over under a half a game? Over. Over. Okay. Okay. God, I I I, I love really having you on here. That really seems really easy. That you both are like definitely over half a game, definitely under one and a half. So they're losing one game for and sure. I'm not going to so. ask either of you who you think it's to because we don't need to talk about that anymore. No, but that's I'm, fine. I'm willing that's to fine. if you want to. It has it has yellow in it. it. Might not be black and yellow. I all right all right. Going back to you then. To actually, both you guys, complete honesty. How 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 confident are you guys in Iowa's ability to? have that one rattling team that you guys beat every season go into Ohio state and do that. How confident are you guys that you could do that? You want to go Gil? Or you want me to go? Yeah, I, I mean, I, thoughts on this. <laughs> I'm going to say there's just zero shot. We don't have a quarterback. Our offense, I think was 123rd in the FBS last year. Uh, oh. We lost our two best receivers, Tyrone Tracy, Charlie Jones, gone. Um, best running back, Tyler Gibson, gone. Um, I just think our offense takes a step back this year, and that's pretty hard to say when you're 123rd out of 128. <laughs> but God, it's bad. It's bad. And I, uh, if there's a game, I think they're pulling the upset this year. Speaks. I think it's. I think they're beating Michigan and Kinnick more likely than Ohio State in the shoe. Yeah. Speaks. We're gonna put some money down on that Iowa Michigan game. You better. You better oh. believe. I, I'm I'm throwing anything down you. We'll 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 double the Wake Forest Clemson bet at that point. If you walk into Kinnick and it's even dusk, not even dark. If it's dusk, you're in trouble. You're in so much trouble. The only reason Purdue beat us there last year, it was like a 1 p.m. kickoff. Like everyone was like, "All right, like we should be fine." If it starts to get dark and those lights come on, oh my god, that place it's is over. electric. It's over. It's literally over for any other team. I also, mean, fun fact: I don't think Jim Harbaugh has ever won a game in Iowa City as a player or as a coach. So that is wow. a fun fact. That yeah. is a fun it's, a, it's a tough hill to climb. Gil puts the fun in facts, folks. Um, Gil's 50-50 over here. He's an honest man. He helps me out he sometimes is. and then Gil's just an puts me right guy. back down. Gil's an honest guy. I Gil has grown up Michigan fan, then converted to an Iowa fan and a Michigan fan, but then 
he's got the honest side, but he knows his stuff too. So it's, it's good to have that me as a and raised Hawkeye. There's just something in the air about this Ohio state game this year. There's something in the air speaks. There's, I mean, the line way too high 21 and a half when it came out way too high. Ohio state's favored by 21 and a half. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Average, Iowa has now gone six seasons in a row. It's the longest active streak of averaging cutting up less than 20 and a half points in a season defensively. So they won't win by 2021 20, anymore. And there's, there's, like I said, there's something in the air about Iowa going into that game. And here's the thing. I hate to say this. I think if they beat Michigan, I don't think they beat Ohio state, but I think if they lose to Michigan, I think they might beat Ohio state. And that might sound a little backwards, but there's just something about Ohio state overlooking like one game at home this year. And it happened with your ducks last year. They overlooked the crap out of me and Gil were watching those highlights the other night. I think they overlooked the Hawkeyes, and I'll tell you this much. There's going to be a lot of black and yellow there. The Hawks fans travel well, and they're going to be in the shoe. I'll be in the shoe. Gil's going to be there. We are going to be fucking right in that game, and I think I think there's a damn good chance that we see an upset. Now, that being said, if I'm betting with every single penny left in my bank account, I'm probably putting it on Ohio State. I would still say that there is a – there's a 35% chance Iowa wins. There's a 35% chance. Gil's like giving that. us like zero to five. I'm saying 35, <laughs> and that's low. I like that. I genuinely do think they can like easily overlook one team. But the thing is that's different is you guys are just a Big Ten team coming into another Big Ten school. Like I feel like you guys, they know you every single year. This is at home. I love the confidence, honestly. I, I would ride that 35%. Maybe hammer the under a little bit. I, I I feel pretty confident about that, but um that is that is gonna be interesting. That's gonna be electric and exciting. Uh kind of actually, you know, even next hot take that I'm getting into with the number eleven team right now in the country is uh my my team out west, the ducks. Um I have a feeling really high for them. That's really high. It's ambitious to a team that got spanked by Utah twice last year. That's a different team. Tell me why they deserve number 11 speaks. Uh, 100% different team. And let me start by just listing what, who at least. Dan Lanning. Mario Cristobal, first off, sucked. One of the worst offensive like coordinators, coaches, play callers in college football. You're going to see at Miami, all they do is run the damn football. And as soon as the team figures that out, you're screwed. You suck. We had five running backs on our team last year that we would use. It was just a horrible system. Now, we actually have a much better coach, very strong defensively. We only lost one defensive, actually two defensive kind of factors, and we still have a bunch more coming in. We have Justin Flo, who's now healthy, and that dude looks like a manimal. He's going to be an absolute beast. We do have Noah Sewell, the other Sewell brother, who's supposed to be even better, and at times he does look like it. And now we actually have a quarterback, too. I'm sorry. Anthony Brown sucked. That dude was horrible. I hope no NFL team has to deal with him because he's just absolutely horrendous. And I really hope it's not Bo Nix. But even if it is, it's number 11. And I, I think we 100% deserve that. Yo, what do you think? You know, I kind of agree with Speaks, And uh, I know you guys were talking about it a little earlier <clears throat> on the uh, old uh, a few weeks back on your uh, Clemson Wake Forest podcast. But I am going to agree with Speaks, and I, I think Oregon pulls the upset week one against Georgia. I wow. think, there we go. <laughs> I think Dan Lanning coming from Georgia to Oregon, you know, he was the D.C. in that system. He has a really good idea of what's it about. 
Um, and then Georgia is also just reloading from their uh, championship season. And I think that recipe week one, I think Oregon has the talent. Um, I mean, think about it. Justin Herbert under Mario Cristobal barely threw the ball. Now he's got what the most touchdowns through two seasons yes. in NFL history. So it's like, they've got the talent there. I think if Dan Lanning coaches it right, I think, I think the sky's the uh, limit for the Ducks this year. Wow. Joe, I love I just I want to I want to hug you right now. I, I that, that is amazing. I also do want to say too, I was looking at this list. Um, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's 10 star players that Georgia lost last year that they're completely reloading in, and obviously they're DC. So there's a lot of shoes they have to fill, and that's a week one battle that I hate how this is like all those battles are a mutual location because it's in Atlanta. Like that is just not mutual at all. Mutual. Exactly. Like that's going to be a home game. Here's what I'd say though, speaks honestly. Um, If I'm you and I'm playing Georgia, the only week I want to play them is week one. I think coming off a championship, like I'd rather play them after they win the championship than lose. Like they're going to be on a little high thinking maybe they got like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like we get to open against a big team in Mm -hmm. front of our home fans at like a cool stadium. Like, like you said, they're going to be reloading. I'm all in on the ducks. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I root for the ducks through and through in the pac 12 since you went there. So I would, I want them to do as well as they can. I just, coming off being number 11 after the season. So it's, it's good to hear that you got that confidence. Um, I'll say outside of that game and in the pack 12, this, this year, I think has got to be Oregon's year. Like they, Agreed. with the conference realignment and what might happen to the pack 12. And then I think soon USC could take over that conference. I don't think yet that like, this just feels like it's got to be Oregon's year. I'm not buying in on the hype against Utah right now. Like, I think they're really good, but I think they're going to kind of fall off a little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. I think they'll probably end middle of the pack. They'll lose the bigger games they needed to because now they've got that pressure. So if I'm putting my money on anyone in the Pac-12, I think I would maybe do it on Oregon. Like, they're they're now that team that's, like, hungry after last year. Like, they've kind of been some of the top dogs in that conference for a little while. Now they're kind of got kicked to the curb. Maybe there's a little pressure on them. Like they probably want to go prove people. So I could very well see Oregon winning that week, week one game and speaks. You're going to have a blast there, man. That's going to be, that's going to be awesome. Dude. I'm excited. There's not going to be much green there, but I'm going to be rocking the stadium. I am so excited for that. Who are you going with? I'm going with uh, Jake and Keishan. So two guys, if we get in a fight, that is not helpful because (laughs) I know, I know I'm going to be talking my ass off and I'm, I'm going to say something that's definitely, I'm going to regret after a little bit, but um, no, I am so excited. We're sitting kind of up in the nosebleeds, but it's like super worth it. We're tailgating before. Um, And I don't know. I like, especially more than anything, I actually do appreciate you saying that too. I think this has to be Oregon's year too, just because I mean, USC is now kind of back um, in the sense that we were stealing their recruits so much when we had Cristobal, like he was amazing at recruiting and we would steal Southern California recruits. Like it was nothing and that's not going to continue. So I think like now is the opportunity to really capitalize. Yeah. What do you think about USC go? You think, you think they'd be legit? Like, what do you think Caleb Williams look like there? I think it's going to be an interesting situation. It's uh, it's definitely a lot different from when Lincoln Riley was walking into Oklahoma after Bob Stoops had been running up. Yeah. Yeah. well-oiled machine he's got a lot of roster building to do Um, they're not in a great spot but he has used the transfer portal really well I think it's what it's going to be interesting is to see if he can adapt in this big 10 especially upcoming the team or the thing that his teams always lack is kind of that 
edge in the trenches, that extra push. Mm-hmm. I think, especially as, you know, they head towards the Big Ten where that's the main thing, it'll be interesting to see how Riley can adapt to that. But I think they'll be good this year, but I don't think they're going to threaten. I think they still just have too many question marks and are still maybe a year or two away from competing. USC kind of reminds me of like Texas, like a couple years ago when they like yeah. kind of started to get good again. But mm-hmm. like they like ha- they had some big wins, but like they still like didn't have all the pieces to like really compete. Yeah, so, yeah. but like at the end of the day, if USC goes and wins like the Pac-12, I can't say I'd be completely surprised. Right. Like I'd probably be more surprised if they did that than go like 500. To be quite honest, though. Yeah. Like I, I think they're gonna be a little bit closer to 500 than w- winning a Pac-12 competing for a playoff spot. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I will say, too, I, I like that take. I don't think Lincoln Riley fully has that. I mean, the Big Ten is just different, has that edge. But at the same time, Mace, like you were kind of saying, USC just has that brand name around it. So it's like, okay, they got a brand new coach. They got a brand new quarterback. They got – who's the wide receiver from Pitt? That's honestly a, a stud. Um, uh, Jordan Addison. Yeah, that dude's awesome. Um, Like, they have a lot of players and pieces. It's just, like, how can they really put it all together and make it work and – I mean, like, like, like a Texas, you know, every year they have the chance to like blow everyone's minds and be the best team, or they can just be that 500 level and still kind of be a brand name. So that's kind of interesting. I did see a, did you guys see Quinn Ewers just got named uh, yeah. the starter the other day? Yeah, yeah. Texas, man. I mean, like, same thing is like, I don't really, I don't know what to expect. And I think, I think the big 12 is wide open this year. Like yeah. it's, it might be one of the more funner conferences to see. Like, I think there's probably three to four teams that could go in and win the Big 12 this year. That uh, that week two Texas Alabama game is gonna be slaughtered. Yeah, that's gonna be an Alabama just gonna run over them. Yeah. Oh yeah. I Let's think see. I huh? I was gonna say Texas got UNL Monroe week one, so they'll probably spank them. <laughs> or lose no in between and then they'll welcome bama into the 11 a.m fox game which is going to be nuts and i i kind of like that it's a day game in a way i kind of think that'll be fun like i think i think i think texas might give bama a test the first half i think they might give them a test i think bryce young just kind of powers through second half but it would be fun if texas could give him a run i would like to see i don't like steve sarkeesian though i don't think he's a good coach I, I I think he like I, I could see them doing something in the first half that kind of scares Alabama or just test them a bit. And then you go into halftime, Nick Saban just breaks a couple clipboards, yells at Bryce Young, and then he just starts his Heisman uh, take right there. And he just drops like five touchdowns in the second half. I'd be I'd be shocked to say this. Now. I'd be shocked if Steve Sarkeesian is the coach for game one of Texas. And when they get to the SEC, I think Texas is moving in the right direction right now that I think that with a few more recruits and just like getting to the sec, I think they might be like a really good head coach away from like being really good in five years and like competing for maybe a national championship. Like they have the, the star power and like the, the brand name and especially now going to the sec, it's going to be really interesting to see how that helps them and hurts them recruiting wise. But I think they're still like a head coach away from being able to say they're competitors, but they, they could win the big 12 this year. They really could. I wouldn't be super surprised. They might get spanked by Bama, but I don't really know like what's going to happen in the big 12. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. Wait, what, what would you feel like the realignment would do to hurt them in recruiting? I guess both you guys, because I feel like there are, there's benefits 
obviously going to the SEC best conference, going to be playing better teams and everything. But like Texas is the big 12. Like they can represent that conference and be like the top every single year. So what do you guys feel like are the most beneficial and um, detrimental parts of the realignment? I don't know. I mean, I was going to say, I think you kind of nailed it on the head, at least detrimental wise. They're going from the big 12 of being, this big fish and like a bit in a bigger size pond, but now it's like, they're the same size fish in a huge pond. It's like you go from towering over, your, you know, Kansas States and your Oklahoma States and your Iowa States. And now it's like your next door neighbor in conference is Bama or LSU or Oklahoma or like a, or even like a Kentucky basketball. Like there's just juggernauts in every sport around the way. Um, So I think it's just going to be tougher for them because now it's like, now you have to prove that you can win in a harder league. And like it's like recruits now, especially I think being in the SEC recruits like from Texas now are going to be more incentivized to go out of state to SEC teams because like they'll still be able to come play at Texas once in a while and come see home. I, I totally agree. And one thing that you were mentioning is just the state of Texas is I genuinely think they might be like fishing for like the third best state, like third best school in Texas because of I think they're not even the best school in texas in the sec so if guys want to go play they're going to go to a&m and i think yeah, a&m's yeah. been doing it with recruits yeah and, and then if you've got Damn. the guys that are like i don't want to go like i want to play in the sec i'm good enough i'm going to go to a&m or i don't want to go play for texas who's like getting smacked around the first couple of years i'm going to go to tech and go to a team like if i want to stay in or state Baylor. yeah Baylor. like then i stay somewhere there so like i don't really know you know, where they even match up in their own state. And that's where I think that, like, if they stay in the Big 12, I still think they're the best Big 12 recruitment-wise in the Big 12, like, in the state of Texas. They might jump to, like, the fourth best recruiting university in their own state going into the SEC. So they're going to really have to prove what's going on. But then it's just going to be interesting because then they could start stealing recruits from A&M, and then they're going to really start honing down. If they can compete, they're going to start taking all of Texas because the Big 12 isn't going to last – you know, as long as it's not going to be as competitive for sure. So the guys that are going Baylor and Texas Tech are going to be like, no, I'm going to Texas, best school in Texas, and they're playing in the SEC and competing. So they're really going to have to prove what they can do without their full potential of what they can recruit, in my opinion. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I think it'll be interesting because, I don't know, I've always been, like, weirdly like an A&M fan, and I hate Jimbo Fisher. For, like I can't stand him but like I think if you built up that rivalry of like Texas and A&M yeah. uh, like somehow that started to like build up a little bit more I think that could be really exciting I mean obviously Texas is the best state in football but I I hate right now and I like wrote this down like we were talking about how we feel about the realignments there's just nothing that's happened right now and it just is like a sitting like like feeling in my stomach just at least like mainly for me, because I feel like obviously you guys are just benefiting from all this because you're just going to get more teams to play within the big 10. But this is like, this is it for Oregon and they got to figure out what they're going to do. And I hope it's the big 10, but I could see it being the big 12. And in that instance, I would hope Texas stays in the big 12. So, or, I mean, obviously that's not happening, but that the big 12 doesn't like get too jumbled around. We still keep Baylor, still keep Texas tech and something like that gets pretty interesting, but, um, no, I think I think it's going to be quite an exciting college football season. We were saying week zero is next Saturday. Um, so, you know, it's going to be electric. We got, what is it? We have Vanderbilt at, at Hawaii. That is going to be a ton of fun. Um, 
that that that's when the betting begins too, which is horrible. That in week zero, it's gonna start taking my money. And what was what was the other one? It was uh, Nebraska, Nebraska, Northwestern, in Ireland. I think at nine a.m. kickoff here. Beautiful, in, in beautiful. The States. So, Don't even have to wait till eleven for kickoff. No. It's wait. go time. You you can find out how the Huskers are gonna blow a new game this season. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> you said it's in Ireland. Yeah, it's in Ireland. What? Yeah. I didn't even know yeah. That. <laughs> oh, that's sick. I, that's why I think it's gonna get weird. The jet lag, everything. Yeah. Wow. That why? That's so random and pointless. <laughs> I wonder how many like Nebraska fans are going over there. Like I know oh, that whole state is gonna be in Ireland. Like there'd be a lot of Iowa fans that travel. Like you'd be like, oh my god, I get to go to Europe and watch my team play and like yeah, watch that, that whole stadium would be red. Yeah, I, know. I already know a good amount of people going. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, that's awesome. So I wanna I wanna touch too on uh one team that I I kind of want to hear what your guys' thoughts is uh. Texas A&M um, in this year in the SEC coming in at number six right now. Yeah. Um, they've got a stretch of they play versus Miami, then Arkansas, then Mississippi State and Alabama all in a row. And I think that's going to decide a lot. But do you think A&M has a chance to compete at all for, you know, SEC championship or or even the playoffs at all? I don't, I don't know. What are you guys thinking on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, like I was saying before, I don't know what it is. I always have just like a little like like just a liking towards them. Um, I love Kyle Field. That's one thing like I think yeah. that really sucks me in is like their home field advantage is something that is, I could argue, one of the best in all of college football. Um, and I actually one of my bold takes was I have them beating Alabama this year. Mm. Um, I think that game is gonna be Alabama. electric. Back, yeah. back years could you imagine I, and it's gonna hey it's gonna create so much tension too with nick saban and jimbo after all of them uh, they were going back and forth with each other and i mean i i genuinely do think uh they're they're like star running back is coming back they have a really good team i like that number six spot i feel like that's like out of i mean obviously like out of the top four that's one of like the most fitting um, rankings that they come out with, but I do see them beating Alabama and it could be a back-to-back year. And I am stoked for that game. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. That is going to be the game of that week. Tickets oh, right yeah. now is as lowest price is $270. I mean, that game is going to be nuts. Like that would be really fun. I, one of the, my favorite A&M games of all time was when they won in Bama with Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Like, Ryan Swope and like they just had some big plays. That was one of my favorite A and M games. Like it, this year, like could give off the same vibes of like, especially if like A and M's like you know maybe lost a game too and like not like you know, you know a hundred percent or something like that. And it would just be really interesting. So yeah, A and M, I I'd, I'd watch out for them. They could be a dark horse for. I mean, they're gonna their road to the SEC championship and their road to the playoffs has to go through Bama. They don't get the luxury of being on the other side like Georgia does. So, I they're gonna have to beat them. I mean, there's no way Bama loses two games. Um, so I think yeah, I'm excited. I think A and M could make a run. I'm gonna call it now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I uh, I'm not as fond of A and M as you guys. I uh, I kind of look at them as like the uh, they're kind of turning into the man city of college football, just all this oil money, just mm-hmm. starting to bring in these recruits down in Texas. And they're kind of cultish, not, not, you know, big on their fans. So with all that being said, I do think they'll be all right this year. Um, there, there's no way they're 
in hell. They're beating Bama. Not after this drama. Nick Saban, it's, it's going to be like a 59-0 game in Brian Denny. I'm sorry, but after this drama, Nick Saban is just going to whoop some ass in that stadium. And Jim, yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to be close. I think they'll be like a 9-3 and team that gets overhyped in the SEC like always. And they'll go play Minnesota in Outback Bowl or something. But, wow. Yeah, hey, hey. I, 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 don't, I mean, I don't even know who their quarterback is. You know, do they still have Calzada this year? Is he gone? He Anyone is, know? Is he gone? I'm pretty I don't know. Sure he's gone. I just, I feel like they just still like as much, and I haven't paid much attention to him, but I feel like as much hype as they're getting, I just still feel like they don't have many game breakers around their team. Yeah, they've got a lot of QBs. Their oldest is a junior, Max Johnson. Max John, that's who he's, that he was there last year. He was the one that was, he was cooking for him. And I want to say like the second half of the season last year. He looks like he might have played at LSU or was an LSU. Yeah, no, he was at. He was the transfer. Yeah, no, he came from LSU. This year? I thought there was, there was some. Last year. Yeah, there was some. They have two quarterbacks that honestly look identical. And uh, Wasn't there yeah. the LSU quarterback who retired this year from football, like Miles Brennan? Yeah, Miles. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't win the starting job. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see he got, like, guaranteed money, though, with all, like, the NIL deals? Oh, my. God. He That's honestly it. kind of won that battle. I thought that was awesome. Um, you uh, you mentioned that, uh, Gil. You said they're not going into that stadium and win it, and you said that stadium. Uh, let's let's talk about some of the best college football stadiums and atmospheres um, right now. And I've got I've got a good list here, and I'm sure a lot we're gonna have a lot of crossover. The first one I want to touch on though is a place that you guys know all too well, the Shoe. Ohio State. I mean, that place, when it gets going, I mean, that place is gargantuan. That place is huge. I mean, do you know how, like, intimidating it's got to be to go there and win? There's only a few teams that can do it. I'm thinking of Oregon. I'm thinking of Iowa. But that place is nuts. Like, to be able to play your home games in that, like, every year would be, like, insane. Like, not they don't even have to be the best fans, but just to be that big. And, like, I know this game hurts you, but, like, when they played in the game, like, a few years back, that was the, one of like the double cool, OT game. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the coolest the college football moments. atmospheres I've seen because it felt it literally felt as close as it did to like a professional game in college. Yeah, and like it's just the atmosphere is there insane. Like it doesn't always feel like a college stadium. Which I is remember cool. being so scared in that game just because fuck like bonkers that place was. I was like, this offense wasn't going to get anything done. It was yeah. nuts. I just I remember biting my nails the whole game. They were up ten points at one point. Michigan was. And I yeah, was like, they're going to lose it. This yep. place is yep. bonkers. <laughs> it was I, over. Gil, I got so pissed when they got up because I'm like, they're they're not holding this. Like, yeah, I they, know they, for you knew they were blowing it from the get go. I I wish we lost that game, and I wish they blew us out because that. I know. Like I wish they would have dropped seventy game. on us. I wish it would have just been seventy to zero. That would have been a question. So much better. I got a question. It's really simple. <laughs> Three words. Was he short? Was, yes. Was he well, short? Not even a question. Everyone in there, everyone on national TV was watching that. It was obvious. First down. <laughs> <laughs> I I was watching those highlights and I was like, holy shit. I even forgot how like how close that was. And just like watching the play live, like just what I remember watching that play live and just being like, Oh, I don't know if he got there. I was like, I don't know if he got there. And like, you just like, it was like that drive too. If I remember, like, it felt like Ohio state was destined to go down there and score too, that it just like, it just felt like 
Wait, it was fourth and one, two? Yeah. Was it? yeah. yeah. Well, so what gets unnoticed is, uh, you know, I hate bringing this up as a Michigan fan, but this this always bothers me more than, honestly, that fourth and one play. Because that what, what it was called on the field, it was going to stand. Whether they called him short or they called it a first down, it wasn't yeah. going to get overturned. But the play before that, it was a third and ten. Michigan had whoever Ohio State's running back was for, like, a seven-yard loss. And then he escaped it and turned into a fourth and one. All they had to do was tackle him in the backfield, make their kicker who had missed like two in the game already, yeah. kick a yeah. field goal to tie it from like 50 yards. And he, yeah. made, he missed like some chip shots too. Yeah. yeah. That was, God, I hated that. And I even want to go more into that. And I don't think it was like, it's one of those things like with this game that like, it wasn't that Ohio State was like kind of like destined to like score on that, like that drive, like it was going to happen. It was literally more that Michigan was just going to choke it in somehow, like some way or another. Like that's just, what they do and you knew if it was partly the refs if it was that missed tackle like with the defense something was going to happen that was just oh my god I actually I remember on that fourth and one though uh I was watching with my whole family and my cousin thought we stomped him so we like jumped in the pool and it comes out like soaking wet and like all the Michigan gear and everything and he's just sitting there in the cold then afterwards just watching us get stomped on that was like one of the most deflating sights I've ever seen that's an, that's enough of that back game yeah that's, we can move yeah. on move yeah. back another, on another atmosphere gill that you you love seeing in college football <clears throat> uh i my one of my personal favorites that i've been to camp randall in wisconsin mm. uh that place knows I how mean. to get up for a party madison's just a great college town yeah. in general and uh one year i was here there it was for michigan wisconsin game uh mm. and wisconsin was 11 and 0 so they wanted to go like 12 and 0 for the final or they were 10 and 0 and wanted to go 11 and 0 for their final home game and it was just the whole atmosphere seen jump around live you know it was just cool watching wisconsin fans they just get crazy they drink a lot and they get loud so i like that i mean I'll, that is one stadium like I, I was already saying this earlier but like i my goal is to travel to a new stadium every year that one was on uh, the top of my list just because the of the college town too i've heard that's like such a really cool like spot place to be in like they have a really really good fan base um one thing that you know both you guys said and i thought um was also interesting this is just like random for me too but uh both schools you listed are red dominant schools and for some reason like a stadium filled with just red jerseys and everything i just feel like is 10 times more intimidating than like sadly green honestly or like any other color but um kind of going off of that um one thing that I actually think and I really hope they kind of turn themselves around because I liked I like growing up looking back at all the highlights and everything is uh Nebraska um and specifically I know you guys hate it but a night game in Nebraska when they turn on those red lights Stadium gets rocking. I absolutely love that. I mean, there's nothing else to do in Nebraska besides be a fan there and watch them. Lincoln's a pretty cool uh, town. I I have been there, and I I love that stadium. I think obviously it makes a difference when they're good, but even when they're bad, they still their fans show out like crazy. Yeah, I mean it hurts, but you know what? I mean, they get some of the most sorry ass fans there when we were there this last year for the Iowa game, like. I mean, they know their team well, but I mean, I was down and out of that game and got like a pump block return for a touchdown and bring it in with like two possessions and just sucked like the air out of that stadium. Like they were like, it's over, it's over. And I was like, 
I still was like, I mean, we're in, we have a chance now. And it was over. Iowa came back and won, but like that place got, <laughs> and I have to say like, it was really cool. I've been there, I think two or three times now to see Iowa games. And that was the first time I saw Iowa win there. So it was really cool, but it is like, I have a lot of respect. Like I would go back to an Iowa Nebraska game again, because like, it's just, again, huge stadium. It is cool. Like for teams like Nebraska and Iowa, that like, those are their teams in that state that are like, like, you know, in the state of Iowa, Nebraska, like Saturday home games are like, it's like a festival. I mean, so like, it is really cool to go see those things. And like, you know, speaks, we're from a state that grew up with four professional sports. And then like, you know, some D one schools that are horrible at like football. And it's like, they'll never, they'll never reach like the magnitude of like places like that. So I totally agree with that take just, you know, it, and even when they're as bad as they were last year, they still sell out and yeah. sell out is a loose term. Like the donors basically just like buy the tickets, but it was still, it was still packed and, you know, and it was the day after Thanksgiving. So, you know, it was a good atmosphere. I'm going to, I'm going to stick right, right in the Midwest. And just, I feel like I have to mention them, but it's Kinnick stadium and Kinnick through and through, like, it's an experience that like, I would say is still very underrated, but I, I wouldn't say, you know, it's like a top five stadium in the country. I'm not like that much of a Homer, but I will say that like, I have just seen like some really awesome atmospheres, like everything from like a back in black when the team's walking out to like, you know, the wave that they do now, like everything about that is just like, it's an awesome experience. And especially those night games is worth it. So I had to, I had to mention Kinnick. I think, I think that's fair. Yeah. Gil, go ahead. I- uh, all right, I'm going to move out of the Midwest a little bit, uh, give some love to Speaks again, but Autzen Stadium, that's probably uh, – Wow. Uh, I would love to get to wow. in there. I know, it's, uh, I know it's built or designed in a weird way. It's like that weird shape to keep the acoustics in. I think it's like a top five loudest stadium just like in yes. terms of pure decibels. Um, so I think that's another one. I think they have a ridiculously good home record since the beginning of the 2000s. Um, but they know how to get up for a football game over at uh, Oregon. So I think that's a very underrated one. I think that gets forgotten a lot just behind all of, you know, Oregon's Nike and, you know, their jerseys and all that stuff going on. So I think it's, it's a good shout. I think because the fans do shout. That place gets really loud when it comes to. I appreciate that so much. Cause I mean, sometimes Oregon football fans piss me off because it's just, they, I wish we had more like we did at Iowa but uh, or like you guys do at Iowa, but I love that. I will say just kind of speaking up and hyping up a little bit. So it is cool because like the way the bowl is designed is more like kind of like an oval or like an eggshell. So it really, really does trap in the sound. So like the little the first game I ever went to was against Stanford college game day. We had Herbert. Yeah, that's also he was down. If that that's three words, if, if you want the answer to that one right there, he was down. <laughs> <laughs> and and that game like it was I think it fits um 80,000 there was like a no no sorry it fits 60,000 and there was 80,000 people at that game and you saw like everyone just standing like on the sides too because it was just like such an exciting and electric game and then like the tradition of like uh doing shout in between the third and fourth quarter like the entire stadium gets into it and that'll kind of actually roll into what I'm saying too is that I think traditions at stadiums really kind of amplify the experience and honestly one that just looks pretty intimidating and it's just with some of their uh some of the way they do it is actually down in uh the opposite side of the country in florida and i'm gonna go the pit the swamp oh i I have them too (laughs) i think that stadium looks insane like 
the way that one is designed with like the that you see the bright orange and like it's almost it's like it's like no other football stadium which i love you see everyone doing the chop like getting into it you always have like there's always some moment in florida florida season that is like just like almost like tim tebow-esque where it's like electric and there's just like a prayer that works for them or like something happens and like i love watching florida football especially at home i think that stadium is awesome yeah it's great great for the brand of college football in florida is good because the swamp is i looked up like a video of like most type like college stadiums first video that came up was the swamp it was like florida with tim tebow and they were playing lsu and the place was just like losing it like so i had them on my list and just mention them but i'm gonna mention another team down south is tiger stadium for lsu uh when lsu gets going too like that place is moving i mean it is moving it is rumbling and bumbling like i've been thinking about the bama games like that were like in like the mid 2010 era when like lsu was like just right behind bama and like they had some games but bama would win most of those and like they would silence them but that place was like bumping and like it's good when lsu is good too like when they had leonard fournette and i remember like he had that like break off like 40 yard run against Mississippi state where he broke like eight tackles and like the place was just like going nuts. So like those LSU stadiums too, like those are nuts. I mean, college football in the South is a different brand. I mean, it's a different breed down there, man. I'll, uh, I'll give it, I'll keep it in the uh, South, but I'll give it a kind of under the radar shout. You know, they haven't been great lately, but uh, Nayland stadium for the uh, Tennessee volunteers. Yeah, uh, it's about a hundred thousand strong. The uh, they got sailgating on the river. Uh, they do their checker out for big games, and yeah. uh, when and when Alabama's in that stadium or like Florida, the place just gets vile. It's just you can cut the tension with a knife in there. So I I love watching Tennessee games. Like last year, the Ole Miss game when Lane Kiffin was back, the golf balls, the mustard, all getting thrown at him on the field. That's so. That's- out of a storybook right that's, there. That's a, that's a stadium I would love to see, but I think, think you'd have to pick the right team to ensure some safety, maybe. <laughs> I, I got, like it, I got I, one I, more. Go yeah, ahead, I, I got one more, too. Um, but I do want to say one thing when I was, like, looking back at some videos, the tailgating in Tennessee looks off. I'm, I'm all for tailgating. I think that is, like, one of, like, the best parts about college football compared to NFL because, like, Bill's Mafia is, like, the only true NFL, <clears throat> NFL team and like fan base that really like goes hard for tailgating, but every like college, there's like a different form of tailgating and Tennessee's looked awesome. So I just wanted to. You mentioned go. earlier that like you want to go see like a new stadium every year. Like I want to do that after graduating, like going yeah. to a stadium, like in the big 10, outside the big 10, Tennessee was one of those that was on my list strictly because of the tailgating. I'll be like, I would love to go down there for just a big game and just get yeah. like totally invested like buy it to some Tennessee gear and just like go balls baby like it's like go all in for like a Tennessee like Florida game like that would be so sick that would be electric I I also like their jerseys are awesome that color like their type yeah. of orange is just like a good like orange like it's it's awesome I there like Tennessee is not a team that like you really like dislike and like I feel like I don't know they they have sucked recently the first thing that came to mind of like w- what they've been known for in the past or like in recent news was just like when they had like the money in the McDonald's bags. Do you guys remember? Yeah. That? Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, but so my last one, which Mason's going to love this one, um, is sticking to some 
Atlantic football, and I'm going to go in the ACC, and I'm going to go to Clemson Memorial Stadium. Um, I think going back again to traditions, when they run down that field and their their entrance to the stadium is awesome. I think it's electric. Like everyone's like, like kind of bopping their heads, getting super excited. I mean, they don't have a ton of like great games in the ACC, but when they have those big ones, it is loud and it is electric. Even when like they lost to Notre Dame and it was, um, uh, it was DJ's freshman year when Trevor was out for that one game. That was insane. That stadium was awesome. And I, I don't know. I think, I think Clemson has a really cool atmosphere. Those uh, early 2010s, Jameis Dabo battles were just yes. electric. Every hey, I, I love like when they were playing on like uh, ESPN, like ABC at night, and they like have the camera following them, like from the bus. bus yeah. They're like <laughs> the bus is coming through, and it's like five minutes of them just going on the bus. They're like right in Dabo's face, and he's like, "Oh, right, come on, my boys, come on, my boys!" Leads them down the hill, like patting the rock, and like you just see the guys just turning down the hill, like <laughs> it'd be like the freshman that's like not playing, and they're like, "I'm about to like sprint so hard down this hill," I'm like. Just run on the field like that. That is a freaking amazing atmosphere. I got a uh, a bit of an outside shout here. Uh, and I'm going to say the name of the stadium first and see if either of you guys know this. But there's one stadium that I always seem like there's one game there that is, like, really fun. And it's always at night. And it's always, like, weeks one through four is Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Do either BYU. Of you guys, BYU Cougars. <laughs> They're always due for some, like, crazy night game that, like, goes into, like, quadruple overtime, like – it's just something about that stadium in like Utah and like, you know, kind of the same thing as like a Midwest where they don't really have like those professional sports to get into where it's like BYU. I, I don't know what there's always one game on ESPN that like stands out and uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium can get moving and they have maybe the coolest mascot of all time too. Oh, yeah. 100. That stadium just in general, like backdrop is just gorgeous. Too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect spot and everything. You know, I love that mascot's awesome too, though. But I, I've heard too, like, I just think it's funny that uh, anyone who goes and plays there, they're like, the fans are ruthless because at other stadiums, they're just like drunk and they're just saying stuff. And like, none of these people are drunk. So they just mean everything that they say. <laughs> they're just straight up. <laughs> well, let me, let me say this too, is watch out. Week two this year, they're welcome in Baylor, 9.15 p.m. on ESPN. that's gonna be that is that a is that a saturday night game saturday night game and let let me say this watch out speaks because the next week they're traveling to eugene they're playing the ducks so i know after beating the crap out of baylor they're gonna be going into eugene thinking we're doing the same thing they also get at home this year oh wait no it's got an asterisk neutral site that's kind of nuts for which one notre dame they play notre dame oh wow okay same week as the uh, – Oh, that game's in Las Vegas. Are you oh, sick? yeah. 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 yeah BYU fans it. are going to be like, that is so sinful. Like, we're not – Yeah, why the hell are you in Las Vegas? <laughs> I will not stand for this. <laughs> That's going to be full Irish. Like, <laughs> they're all going to be there. Dude, I hate that fan base too. I hate yeah. Irish's fan base. They're it's horrible. Yeah. Well, all right, should we, should we move on to NFL? Yeah, yeah, let's get to NFL. I only I only have a couple for these, but um, I feel like uh, again, like we'll probably have a lot of crossover. I was actually really happy with that last list. Um, I thought we all kind of went to a bunch of different areas, but um, with this one, um, I mean, starting off 
you, you're not Mason's not going to love this one, but I just think it's great is um, Gillette Stadium. Um, I think I think Gillette is a awesome place to be. It's a horrible location. It's right off the highway. It's outside of Boston. However, Boston fans, as we know, are diehards and they are ruthless. And when it comes to the winter and it's a little snowy, you're going to be a little rattled. The lights are on. You're going to get some shovels out there, maybe somehow win a game miraculously with no cheating at all, because there's no cheating on this podcast that we talk about. But I think I think Gillette Stadium is awesome. I think it's electric history. Um, kind of goes throughout. There's been so many historic games there. I think it's one stadium, one of the NFL stadiums I do really want to go to and see. Um, but again, like I think college stadiums can be a little more fun. This one looks like it'd be very exciting. That's a good. That's a good call. Speaks. I'm gonna stay out east as well and, and go to Highmark Stadium uh, for the Bills. Uh, Bills Mafia, like. I remember when they were really shitty and like they had that really big snow game when like LaShawn McCoy went off and like, yeah. I was like, this place is like going nuts and these, this team sucks. But now that they're really good, like the Bills stadium is like, it's like, just, it feels like they just like, they're packed in there and like, they're kind of the same spot too. Like they're in New York, but they're out in like the middle of nowhere. Like if you had, like I saw an overview picture and like, it's at like a really weird location. It looks like, but uh, like Bill's mafia, like everyone knows, like they're just great fans in general. And like, I think, in my opinion, like the fans make the atmosphere, the fans make the stadium what it is too. So it's just like, that is such like a, yeah, it's, it's a great like environment. Like, again, like if you're the bills, like that's why I think too, like a little sidetrack. I think if any team has to go through Buffalo to win the AFC this year, like they won't, like, I just, I think the bills are better than everyone else, but I think if they still have to go on the road, there's that challenge. But if they're at home, I, I just don't see them losing. Like that's just, that's a tough place to play. I agree. I like that pick. I'm going to take it back to the Midwest. Uh, very. Basic. I know where you're going. No, no. You don't know where I'm going. Okay. Very basic pick. Uh, but Lambo. I mean, it's probably. Wow. Okay. It's, it's probably nice. one of the coolest stadiums in the NFL, if not the coolest, in my opinion. It's Tidal Town. You know, it's just, it's cold. It's football weather. You're diehard fans. It's, I don't know. I just love everything about Lambo. I hate the Packers, obviously, but. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's on my bucket list. Like I have to get to a game. I had I had Lambo on there too, but I did too. Being yeah, being a Bears fan, I didn't expect you to be saying that. So that's a great pick. It's a great that pick. Is. Lambo leap and everything. They being yeah. in ticket sales. We were talking about it. Um, if you want to get season tickets, uh, for uh, a Packers game, you're not gonna get it in your lifetime. So two people uh, who I work with, they've been on the list for like 40 plus years and their projected time to like get their uh, tickets is not for the next like 80 years or something. Like it's ridiculous. Do do they just like, I wonder if they just hand down like when a couple is done going, like they're just like, no, I'm handing them down to my like family or they just keep oh, getting yes. Yeah, that's what like, they do. That's why it's so hard like that because it yeah. seems ridiculous for like the 80 years, but it's just all family like that. That is a very traditional stadium. I I, I like that pick a lot. That was on mine, too. Hmm. Um, My next one, 50-50, but after going to visit this city, um, I had to throw it on my list, but AT&T Stadium and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think there's a honestly just like. I got to visit their practice stadium too. Holy shit, that thing is insane. They play like a bunch of high school football games there and that thing seats like 10,000 people. 
It's indoor. It's awesome. I mean, obviously Cowboys, I hate watching them and I hate them doing well, but like stadium's awesome. The jumbotron looks insane. I mean, the, I kind of like it when the light is like shining on the field and it's like in the quarterback's eye a little bit. So he's got to like make a little play or do something a little bit to the side. Um, hate cowboy fans, but AT&T stadium, I mean, you've heard nothing but like just people who go there and they're just in awe with how crazy it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a massive stadium. And like, just, we were talking about football just in Texas in general. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely would be a sight to see Jerry world. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to jump back to New York and say MetLife Stadium, but I've got an asterisk next to it. And I'm saying when the Giants or the Jets are really good, like their fans are not as like diehard. I think they are diehard in a different way than Boston fans. Like the Garden, when like the Celtics are bad, is still sold out. Like I don't think like like Jets fans, like, you know, they've got the paper bags over their head. Like they remind me of like Browns fans in a way of that. But like yeah. when they're good, like I was thinking back to like when like I was again, I was watching like some highlights. Like when Eli Manning was there and like they were going to the Super Bowl like a couple of times, like it beat those Patriots. Sorry, speaks, but like <laughs> that life was rocking. Like that place was like fun to see. And like they were having like some big playoff games there, like it almost always seemed like they were winning their big games on the road in the playoffs. So like winning in Lambeau and things, but they had a couple wild card division round games there. And like, that would be really fun. Like the middle of New York and like, just being able to like go see that team. And like, you know, that that place would be moving. So like, again, I think fans make the stadium, another big stadium. MetLife is huge. So like, that would, that would be another cool area, but I don't, I don't get as much hype around like NFL stadiums as, as I do for college too. Like, Dang. Like you wouldn't like there's not like a Met Life, like a Jets Giants. Like there's too many areas in college football that like stand out. Like it's a little bit harder in the NFL. Agreed. Yeah. I like I genuinely feel like you could go to at I mean, I'll just say like at least one college football stadium in every state and it would be a great experience. Like it would be rocking. It would be electric. You can't always say that about the NFL. And it's just, there's just so much more passion with college football. Like college football is just the best sport I think ever. So I, I completely agree with that. There's, there's one in the Midwest that we're all thinking about it, but none of us want to mention it, especially I mean, I'm not going to, I was going to go into the Midwest again. I don't know if it's the one you're thinking. I, I was going to give a shout to Arrowhead. Yeah. 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 I don't want to. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you guys, but uh... I, have, I have to throw an asterisk there too and say that it's only when they're good too because when they were bad before Mahomes, like i was talking with one of, one of our buddies here speaks his name's augie big chiefs fan he used to be able to like go to chiefs games and like he said he could just like sit up in the front like bowl for like 20 bucks like it was like they were not good like they're not they're not a loyal fan base to say the least so but it's yeah. like that with the royals in kansas city too i yeah. mean they're not can, like right now you can go get a royals ticket and watch it play like you can sit behind the third base dugout for like seven bucks yeah both both games too are like out in the middle of nowhere like they're not in a good location yeah. but yeah no you have to say i mean arrowhead is it's fucking good job. i mean it has the doesn't it have the uh, like decibel record in the nfl yeah it broke, uh, yeah yeah they the, broke it Seattle's, yeah when was it uh was that tom brady they played the patriots one night i remember that it was, it was afc like championship and it was the one they lost and like brady and uh the pats like went down at the end and then i think that was the super bowl that they beat the Rams. Was that the Rams one? Yeah, okay. I think that was that, was that, that was that? Mahomes' first year. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great game. 
And I was, I've never rooted for the Patriots harder in my life than that game. Yeah. So I like to see. <laughs> then uh, like after that game, I was like, fuck the chiefs are going to be good. <laughs> and they, yeah. They've been really good ever since. I, I really hope this year is going to be interesting. I mean, that's, it's coming up soon, but we'll have to see how that goes. I only had um one other one on my list that I wanted to mention. Um, and that was Lumen Field um, in mm-hmm. Seattle. I think the Seahawks stadium actually just looks ridiculous. Like, I love the layout of it, how they have the overhangs on the side. They have the 12th man. Like, I think that their fan base is super passionate. They already lost their basketball team out in Seattle, and now all they have is football and their soccer team. And everyone knows that Seahawks are, like, a very big fan base. A lot of a lot of passionate fans, really fun to see. And especially now that we got Russ, you know, he he's I think he's gonna love mile high and power field at mile high, whatever it is right now. But um I think he's gonna miss a little bit of what he had in Seattle because they're just like a different type of fan base out there. Um uh, he, he ain't missing shit speaks. He's so happy oh, to be out of Seattle. God. He's so oh, happy to be out of Seattle. Go. Here we go. And it's it's not it's not even it maybe you might think it's a homer take. He was so unhappy in Seattle. He's a different guy now. He's just a different guy. He is happy here. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's unhappy at all. And and I'll say this too. I had had one more homer pick, but I'm gonna say Mile High Adam Powerfield in Denver. When we had Peyton Manning and like when like oh. John Elway was here, and now with Russ, like we also have a huge sellout record. Like when we get fans there, like they're not like the loudest when we were shit because there's really not a whole lot to cheer about. But when I remember going to games with Peyton and I went to the wild card or the division round game against the Steelers at home, um, the year we won the Super Bowl, And that, that I still, to this day was the loudest I've been in a stadium and I've been in some loud, like college football games too and stuff. So it's going to be fucking rocking there too. Like it's a big stadium. It's in a great spot. Broncos fans are great fans. So, and now with Russ, like the excitement's through the roof, they've been, have more people at training camp than they ever have higher preseason ticket sales than they had before. So it's going to be fucking nuts. Well, and even when we had Tim Tebow too, like even like when we're, when we were bad, like we were the 2.0 for a little bit. (laughs) Very true. That, that, that type of feeling with this team right now, but no, I, 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 I will back you up. I think it's an amazing stadium. I think it's awesome. I love the look of it too. Like, it, it has a really cool design to it. Um, but I think I, I like in general, I, I'll at least say this. We have the best stadium in the AFC. Fuck the Chiefs. I don't even care about that. Yeah, fuck the Chiefs. We'll we have the worst. Well, eh, we might have the worst. <laughs> I mean, with SoFi <laughs> and Allegiant Stadium and then like Arrowhead's just like so loud. Like we're, yeah, prob- yeah. <laughs> we're probably at the bottom, but I love it, Speaks. You know, what, shit, you know what I did say, though, about Allegiant and SoFi is I didn't even want to. Like you can't put them on the list right now just no. because it's so new and two fuck both of those fan bases. Like, yeah. like the, the Rams are just so fake. I hate any LA fan. I just don't think they, they they'll never talk about it until they're good because they all, all they care about is the looks. And I feel a little bit bad for chargers fans. Cause it's all San Diego. Fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah. I don't feel bad. Dude, the, the Rams Niners NFC championship game, in LA was like more red than anything else. And they still tried to stop people from outside of the LA like district from buying tickets. And they still was like all red. Like 
the Rams are not like the, the Super Bowl was like full of celebrities. Like that's the yeah. other thing that are, like we I think we've talked about this too. Is it pisses me off? Is that like the average like there are good Rams fans like and there probably are like St. Louis Rams fans that stuck with the Rams in LA and like I would love to go see my team play in a Super Bowl, but I can't because it's so much fucking money and all the people that are there are just celebrities from Hollywood and it's like. That's not what the Super Bowl should be out. It should be about the average diehard fans that yes. get to go to these games and care about their team. Yeah, they have to watch it on TV. Like those are the games that like I wish like season ticket holders and like fans from like that district got to go and like I don't know, just I hate the whole like business side of like a Super Bowl cuz it just it takes away the excitement. Yeah. And I will also say besides their fan cuz oh, their fan base is whatever. They have great ownership. Just need to make sure that's put out there. Um, the Rams have a fantastic owner, and he does wonders for the world. So just need to throw that in there really quick. Cronky. Cronky out. Mr. <laughs> Boss. All right. Should we uh should we roll into a little quiz? Let's do it. I got a – let's see. So I got technically technically 11, but one of them is kind of like a two-part question. So I'm going to go – I got about like 10 questions. Okay, why don't you start speaks? Okay. Um, so how are we gonna do this? Do you want me to go individual and split up five and five, or you guys both want to try and answer? I say we both try to answer. Yeah. All right, I like that. All right. Well, you know me, I love my mascots. I think it's interesting. Um, because then uh, you know, that's that that's just what I I like to see the college mascots and see where they are. So for both of you, who is Western Kentucky University's mascot? Mason, do you know that one? I don't. Oh, I do. Go ahead. Oh, Western let's... Kentucky? Yeah. Yeah, they're the Hilltoppers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Done. Yeah. Have you seen what he looks like, too? It's just like a big red blob. <laughs> I have not, like, seen the actual mascot. I'm, I'm surprised. Mason, you are just getting shown up at your own game, all right? came up with this oh my god he does just he just looks like a big old like skittle with a mouth yeah. <laughs> big red is his name big red very big red the hilltoppers i like oh, that i like that all right well played gil well played do you want to you want to ask the next one after getting it or you want to try to go two for two here uh i'll try to go two for two right now okay all right this probably is a little bit more tailored towards speaks but going nfl how many seasons has Tom Brady played and what, like you can say how many he's played or is this next year going to be what year I'm going to let Speaks give a crack at it. Gil probably knows it. Gil's a wizard. Yeah. Going, I was, wait, uh, the question is going into this year, how many seasons has Tom Brady played? Has he played or what, like, will this be his like third oh, season okay. or has he played two seasons? Like something like that. Either one I'll accept either. This will, and it, we're doing just seasons or age too. Sorry. I didn't hear you said. How many seasons has he played? In this the will be his 23rd season. Gil, do you want to confirm or deny? I think it's his 21st season. One of you is right. And it's the Patriots fan. This will be his 23rd season okay. in the NFL. There we go. Well done. I thought, yeah, because I, I just remembered, though, last year was 22, and I was kind of hoping you retire just because it was my lucky number, but I'll take it. All right, Gil, what do you got for us? Um, okay, what is the only Ohio school in Division One? This one's a little tough. Sorry, I kind of made this tough. But what's the only Division One Ohio school to not field a football team? To not field a football team? Huh. This one's kind of out there. 
Mace, we should work together on this one. I think Ohio has a football team. I, Ohio, like Ohio University. Like yeah, Ohio of Miami. Miami, Ohio, they've got a football team. They do. Ohio State. Is it Cleveland State? Good job, Speed. Well done, Speed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a height. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Damn, All right, Speed, go ahead. That. Okay. All right. Who? All right, we're going to go um, back to some college football here. Um, actually, no, we're going to go NFL. And uh, we'll, I, I don't want to say anything because it'll give it away, but what is the only NFL team that has never had a 4,000-yard passer passing quarterback? I know. I know. <laughs> and Gil knows. It's the Chicago <laughs> Bears. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> I didn't know they were the only one. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. It's tough as a Bears fan. <laughs> It's all right, Gil. That's all right. We got our Lord and Savior there, Justin Fields. Oh, I just another just gonna mention this because I love mentioning it is uh Justin Fields is not even the best quarterback on the Bears right now. Oh just, god, not this, not knows. this. Who that's Gil, just a... Gil tell speaks who's been out playing him in preseason. Trevor Simeon, apparently. Peyton's successor. <laughs> <laughs> sorry gil sorry i had to mention it all right that's all right all right i got a uh an older college football question yeah this is from 2004 but i think you guys could get this there is one this okay sorry in 2004 which player finished second in the heisman voting and at the time and still today is the highest voting and the highest um like amount of votes received as a freshman so he was a freshman, and he finished second in the Heisman voting in 2004. Give you a hint, went on to have a great NFL career. So he wasn't, he wasn't a bust. And I can give you another hint if you guys want. We'll start with that. Gil, don't you dare be looking it up. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I was just – I promise. I promise. I promise. <laughs> so so he, know he, you want another he got, hint. He got drafted in 07. Um, yeah, pretty far – What's the what's the other hand? Played in the Big Twelve. Two thousand four. Played in the Big Twelve. Damn. I kind of want to. I want to say like Darren McFadden, but he was at Arkansas, so that eliminates him because he was around that time. I feel like. That is a tough question. I feel like it's gonna be freshman. I'll give you the team as well, but it will only count as a half point. Big Twelve. Was it Vince Young? That's that was gonna be my next good guess. guess. That's a good yeah. guess. One more hint. Okay. Do you want to know what team he was on or what position he played? Position. Oh, that'll be too easy. Team. He played for the Sooners. Second. Oh, oh, Sam Bradford? No, not Sam Bradford. Oh, dude, I was I was about four years too early. Uh 2004. Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson. Wow. Oklahoma Sooners wow. running. Back. I forget. I only remember him from the 2007 season when they uh, lost to Boise State that year. Uh, yeah. Senior. Yeah. Wow. That makes sense. That was a good one. That was deep in the vault. All right, Gil. Okay. Um, this one's kind of a another staying in the college football realm. 
Um, but what school has the longest like winning streak of all time? And then if bonus, like how long was that winning streak? Is college it football? Yeah, yeah college football. Just college football. Okay. Longest winning streak? Yeah. And it was over the course of like multiple seasons. I'm gonna need a hint of like an era. Yeah. Uh, the 50s. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna go with like God, like in dude, I don't want to say it, but maybe Nebraska. That's I'll 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 point that's in the right direction. It's a big twelve team. Big twelve it's Texas. It's gotta yeah. be Texas. OU? Oklahoma? Yeah. It's, it's Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Wow. They won 47 games in a row. Wow. Oh, crap. Wow. I was going to guess somewhere in the 20s. Wow. That's like what, four straight years of out losing a single game. Even in even now, and like how good Bama was, like you would never see that again. Like I don't no, think we'll ever, ever – I don't know if that will ever get broken. No. Wow. 47. Okay. That's fucking nuts. Well, good one. going the complete opposite direction – Um. Who holds the record for the most losses in the college football season? And bonus point, if you can guess how many losses. Well, I mean, in one season? One season. I got to guess, like, it's probably 13. Like, sometime, that, like. Is that it is 13? correct. It is 13 losses. Now, can you guess the school? It was in 2003, and it is a team that will be. This is a, This is my first hint. They Wait, before on, the hint, I think I got it. Go ahead. Is it Hawaii? No, but good guess. Good, good guess-ish. Like, it's not – it's pointing in the right direction. This team is on college game day every single season. Washington State? No, that's a good guess. That's I was a- thinking because of the flag. That's yeah. What I yeah. thought you were going yeah. for. I've got to – They play the exact same team every single college game day. Is too. it Army or Navy? It is Army. Army? <laughs> Army went 0 for 13 yeah. in 20, in 2003. That's a – wow, that's crazy. 0 and 13. Yeah. Horrible. Absolutely. Okay. Demoralizing. I got – I'm going – we're going NFL realm here. Who has the most rushing yards out of any active NFL player? Active. Um, Frank Gore retired, didn't he? Okay. This one's tough. I'm thinking about. Mm, dang. Give us the conference. Okay, he's bounced around, but he's. I'll give you. He's in the NFC right now, and he has over seven thousand rushing yards. Did Adrian Peterson retire? He did a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) He's in the NFC right now. He's in the NFC. I think if I give you the division, I think it'll be too easy. Are Are they a title contending team? No. He's not the RB1 on his team either. I don't know. I'm stumped here. NFC South. 
Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I okay. was shocked when I saw that. Shocked. Wow. This is actually insane. Good wow. call. Yeah. Honestly, I that was one of my first guesses, but I didn't think he had, like, I didn't think he had that many. Wow. He okay. ran for over 1,100 yards in 2017. The year prior, he was over 1,000 yards as well. But he's been with the Saints for a long time and then bumped around to the Ravens and the Texans and then now back to the Saints. Wow. Okay. All right, Gil, what do you got for us? All right. Uh, keeping it in the NFL realm a little bit, kind of back to stadium talk, but um, what is the most attended NFL game ever? NFL game. Oh, shit. I know this one. Um, can you give me when it was? 1994. God, Gil, going old shit on us. Was it Was it at Lambeau? Nope. Dang it. Was it a Super Bowl? Nope. Wow. <laughs> was it a playoff game? Mm-mm. What the hell? What this was- one, okay, this one was a little unfair. It's a little trick question, kind of. Uh but the answer was it was the Cowboys versus the Oilers. They played in Mexico City one time. Oh, no way. Oh, wow. That's a good one. That's, That's a, good a great one. one. Well played. Okay. I was yeah. about to say Cowboys just for some reason, but I would have said like in Dallas, something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't have <clears throat> guessed Mexico City. That was good, Gil. Yeah, that was a good one. Point Gil. All right, speak. Staying in the NFL, going a little more the betting side. What is the largest point spread in NFL history? Mm. Oh, it can't be that big. I it feel can, like. I, I would be. Oh God, no! I'm gonna say like thirty and a half. I would go like twenty-seven and a half. Wow, Gil, you are ridiculously close. I will give you a point for that. It was twenty-six and a half where the Broncos were favored by 26 and a half over the Jags in 2013 and the Jags covered it. (laughs) That was that the first year with Peyton. I think it was. Yeah. 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 That we won 35, 19. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. 26 and a half. Yeah. Largest one in NFL history. That's impressive. You just rarely see blowouts in the NFL. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Something more than 21. You don't ever really see. Yeah. Okay, this is my last one. Who currently has the most passing touchdowns in Big Ten history? And if you can give me the number two guy, I'll give you a bonus point. Most passing touchdowns in Big Ten history. Big Ten history. Mm. Is he currently playing? No. Are the one or two currently playing? No. Okay. I want to say I don't know where he would place at one or two, but I want to say is one of them Drew B Drew Brees. That's who I was gonna at Purdue. Yeah. Drew Brees is number two. Okay. Wow. At at, at ninety. And number one has a hundred and four passing touchdowns. So a hefty margin into first, if you will. Just going to 
stick with the blue Jim Harbaugh? No, absolutely not. Didn't even make it a cut. Michigan, Michigan shockingly doesn't have a great like quarterbacking history. Yeah, I know. Ricky Stanley uh, from Iowa. <laughs> I'm just kidding. CJ Bessers. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer Petrus. All right. Um, all right. Give us a hint. Give us a part, is, like, is it a West or East Division team now? East Division team right now. Is number one? Oh, I have two guesses. I'm gonna go either Kirk Cousins oh, wow. or Connor Cook. Oh no. It is neither of them. Oh. What? From Ohio State. Card Troy Smith? No. You're thinking somewhere right around the same area, Speaks. Not Troll Pryor. JT Barrett. JT Barrett. It is JT. Yeah, 104 passing touchdowns. I would have never guessed that. Because he played he like was... in like an era of Ohio State where it just felt like there was a new QB every like two years. That was yeah. Going. I just thought he like wasn't a prolific passer either. I felt like a lot of like he was a lot of, like a huge runner back in the day. Yeah. Wow. He has the passing touchdowns. Yeah. Wow. I'll never yeah, forget I that. To see him. State comeback game. Yeah, I know. That was awesome. Oh, wait. In the shoe. Saquon starts it off with the yeah, that was nuts. That was insane. Saquon Barkley. Saquon. Saquon in college is one of the most electric people. Yeah, I love yeah, him. It was. I know you're gonna hate this Miller, but God, watching him that run at Kinnick in 2017. <laughs> yeah, I am gonna hate that. <laughs> Damn it. I was. All right, next was next question, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right uh who okay back to college football another kind of history question but who were the first two teams to ever play in the first college football game hmm. maybe like uh is notre dame one of them i'm gonna go with michigan nope can you tell me one of the Conferences they're in. So okay, yeah. Well, I'll give you. Well, one of them is in the Big Ten right now, and then the other one is in the Ivy League. In the Ivy it's League, gotta be, it's got to be Harvard. Princeton. Is it Princeton? Yeah, it's Princeton. 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 And I think I think the Big West? Ten one's gonna be a, a weird loop though. Northwestern. No, not Northwestern. Is it West or East in the Big Ten? East. Rutgers. Yep. Wow. Wow. Nice job, Speaks. Okay. Wow. That was location. Location. You got to think location. Yeah. That was good. Wow. That was the first ever. Yeah. First ever college football game. Rutgers versus Princeton. That's sick. Okay. Well done. All right. This is going to be a tough one. Um, and you can get a bonus point if you guess the number. But who holds the record for the most sacks in a college football season? And how many? In one season? Mm-hmm. My gut, like, originally when I heard that, wanted to say Jadavian Clowney, but I, I'm, I'm not going to say him. You should I was going – I went straight to Mendonkins, too. Another good guess. Still no. It is a Pac-12 school. And I actually – this is a tough one. Um, 
I didn't know he went to this school, so this might be a little difficult. Is he playing in the NFL right now? I believe so. He has a great name, if that helps. Hmm. He, he, he just retired. Fuck. Pac-12. He honestly think he's more known for his NFL career. And his NFL career, he he has a Super Bowl. And he played a big part of it. Um, I can give you guys. This is Troy Polamalu. No, no, he was a linebacker. Oh yeah. You want me to give you the? I'll I'll, I'll stick to his NFL career, but it was in college. He didn't uh, just retire, but like it wasn't it wasn't Brian Urlacher, was he? No, he's in the. He he played in the AFC North, and had he made his mark in the AFC North. Lewis. Really close. Elvis Doomerville. No, God, that would have been awesome. <laughs> I was thinking dope names. I know. That's you're really close though. I'll give you guys one more guess. I have no clue. I'm at a loss. Wait. You're on the right team. Was it? It's the Ravens. It wasn't Ed Reed. You're missing one big guy. Shit. You can get this one. You're so I'm close. so close. I'm so close. <laughs> You're so close. Tell me what college you played for. I doubt it helps. I but... don't think it will. ASU. Mm-mm. I didn't know he went there. Ravens. What the hell? You've listed like you're Eric Wolf? Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> he just retired and was on the Ravens. You want me to say it? Yeah. Terrell Suggs. Oh, yeah. I would have never thought he played there. Yeah, I didn't know he went to ASU, but um, he had 24 sacks in one season. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, okay, well, it looks like I just have one last question. Um, All right. And then we'll move on. All right, this is a true or false question, so it'll go pretty fast. True or false, Walter Payton holds the record for most rushing titles. False. Wow, I like that. False. Walter Payton only has one rushing title in his entire career. Wow. I can't yeah. say who loads the most, but I, I just thought I, it was false. I also did not get that answer. I just like had to find a way to like question it, but I saw that he only had one rushing title and I was like, what? I thought he'd have way more. Damn. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, taking that away from week three of questions we can just really um to all of our listeners see how bad mason is but gill came out firing today so that that was pretty awesome to see um and now just kind of you know wrapping this up uh we're gonna go with a little classic hero villain um i have wow it's it's a big week for me miller i have one two four heroes and two villains Speaks is always just finding the good in people, folks. I mean, this is like this is classic Speaks, just a good, happy guy, just finding the good, finding the heroes around that. Got, got, got to see the positive in the world. Why don't you roll? Why don't you just roll through all your heroes? Okay, I like that. I like that. Well, my first is a two part, and it's just a shout out. Um, we are a Colorado podcast, homegrown, 
just some athletes in our area that did really well. So Max Borgie is now a Steeler. Um, oh, I did not see that. Yeah, he got signed to the Steelers, which is really cool to see. One of a uh, group in our hometown, and he's now in the NFL. And another hometown um, friend, um, Dallas Walton, actually just got signed mm. to the Romanian Eagles. So wow. just some ni- nice Romanian to see. Romanian Eagles. Yeah. So Dude, basketball in like Europe is kind of sick. Like they got like flares inside. Like yeah. that's a that's a big atmosphere there, man. It's not it's not like down there off ward. It's not A West, man. They're not in the Wildcat den anymore. It's it's Romanian Eagles. It is the Romanian Eagles. No, I, I he's telling me about it. I'm like, that's gonna be an interesting time. He's like, Yeah, I did like I have no idea what to expect from it. So it's gonna be it's exciting for him. Wanted to give them a shout out. All right. My next one is General Booty. Um, he just inked an NIL deal. And it's like this uh, merch line where they have like a bunch of different t-shirts. Like uh, there's one that says booty play call. Like I love booty, all this stuff. And 25% of the proceeds. I know you Iowa guys are like this. Go towards the Children's Hospital in Oklahoma. So you Oh, guys- wow. That's sick. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really cool NIL deal. Um, but sadly, sorry, not nothing against the kids, not the coolest NIL deal. The coolest one was <laughs> the coldest, the, the coldest Crawford with SOS heating and cooling. That was perfect. Like, that was so funny. Like, out of any NIL deal I've seen, whoever that whoever works at that air conditioning company should get promoted. They should, they should oh, just, like, win. The marketing team needs, like, a full-on vacation. I bet they're making so much money off that too. Like they just like, they hit jackpot with that. The best thing about that too, is like, that's what NIL is like supposed to be about. It's like supposed to be with local companies, like players, like having fun with it and not like signing multi-million dollar contracts. Yeah. Although Nebraska kid and and in Lincoln, like I still like, that is exactly like you said, Gil, like that's the NIL that I want to see is like guys like that, like highlighting like cool, like, local companies like you know small businesses like that's that's what it's yeah. about like, so i i love that and it's it's funny like it fit like it was everything like that was yeah, like, that was, was the coolest nil deal i've seen so far that's Same. probably the best thing you'll see on the nebraska football team this year. <laughs> my long shot my <laughs> long shot um I love to the commercial do you see how it's just like it's the woman <laughs> and her baby like right at the beginning <laughs> and it just pans over he's like my name is the coldest crowd <laughs> <laughs> It's not the best actor, but he get he gets it done. Uh, uh, I had a uh, I had one uh, from back in Colorado, uh, one of our favorite podcasts. Oh, go ahead, speak. Sorry, sorry. Last one, just I that was summer. four. Yeah, it was four. Um, well, because the first one was part two. Um, summer basketball pro ams. I just love watching those because uh, yeah. they create ridiculous highlights and. LeBron and Tatum yeah. and IT were just at that one, and that was huge. And AG, they're yeah. in order. Yeah, yeah, that's the Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, I had a couple. One, uh, another Colorado sports. Randy Gregory. Uh, I still said X Factor signing in the NFL is back in training camp for the Broncos. Should be ready for Week One. Good to see him back. Um, but our uh, our favorite other podcast, pardon my take, uh, did great week out in Colorado. Uh, which was awesome just seeing like following their social media and like hearing their interviews, like interviewed Nathaniel Hackett, and, like just everything awesome. and plumber interview with like this dude that's just yeah. on mushrooms and like totally is trying to change the world through like his like views. And like, it was awesome interviews. Like they're super funny, love following them. But then it was like awesome seeing them like literally at golden Colorado, like the brewing company for uh, 
Coors Light and like, you know, that's five minutes from our house. So like really cool seeing that and like the love that Colorado was getting. So that was fun to follow. Those, those are my, uh, my heroes of the week. I like that. I like that. Gil, uh, I'll, uh, I'll give a shout out to a, a hero this morning, actually. Leeds United. <laughs> bringing, bringing the football fever, or should I say the soccer fever, over to the United <laughs> States. The head coach, uh, Brendan Aronson, with a goal today. The uh, World Cup is coming up. And, you know, the Americans are just kind of on a hot streak right now heading into this World Cup. And I- I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah, we're going to have to have you back on for some World Cup talk because we were talking a while ago, Steve, on one of the podcasts about how, like, this is the great time, like, fall is yeah. coming up. And it's yeah. even better fall and, like, turning in a winter with the World Cup, like, at a, at a different time than it ever is. Should have been this summer, but now it's this fall and winter, so. Yeah, I kind of like that, though. It's a little different. Yeah, it is. It's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be great. That's a good shout, Gil. Great one. All right, well, I just have two villains, um, and – the first one, if you guys have not watched this documentary, it's honestly really, really good. But the Manti Teo documentary, yeah. um, <laughs> girlfriend. the the girlfriend, the catfisher, who's now like actually a girl. Um, it was a guy at first. It's it's a crazy, crazy. Like, have you guys seen it? No, I need I'm to not. Watch it. I didn't even know there was a documentary. Oh my god! <laughs> honestly, so good. Like it was two, so good. Like two episodes too. Two episodes, like an hour each. If you guys have some time tonight, highly recommend you that. Watch it tonight. It bed. is so good, and it just brings back some like nostalgia too. But it's just like wow. Okay, but um, his girlfriend or guy or whoever it is, I won't spoil it. Um, is the first villain, and then the second one is Will Zalatoris, his old caddy. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but you know how he just won, um, uh, shoot, what tournament was that? Um, whatever. He, he just won though that he, his old caddy was his best friend, his entire life. And they, like, he was his caddy forever. They had a falling out or something. Then they split up. And then the next tournament with his first ever caddy, who is an Oregon alum, he wins it all and he got like such a big bag and I felt, <laughs> I felt horrible for his old caddy that's funny dude i wonder who i wonder what happened like i'd be i, I, I want to do some research go see i tried looking into it it didn't like it's it's very hush hush right now because they were best friends and something happened and he just lost out on a lot of money now that's funny uh i didn't really have a i didn't really have a villain this week um you know, maybe I'm pulling a speech and just seeing the good in things right now. But mm-hmm. the only villain I saw was just that, like, I would, wouldn't, it's the right play, but I wouldn't mind if the Broncos were playing some of their starters in the preseason. Cause, like, I was watching the Bills game and I was like, God, this is embarrassing. We mentioned it earlier, but Bills scored touchdown on their first six drives. And I was like, can you please put in some starters to at least have some pride here, folks? So it's, you know, I'm like trying to get excited for football and I'm just watching all the backups play. It'd be nice to see your players, but, uh, yeah, I only got a couple more weeks to wait. So that that's my only villain. But it's probably a good villain. They're doing the right thing. They'll all they be are. healthy. All right. Well, Gil, you got one? Uh I do not. That's but, that's all good. Well yeah, no, just seeing the good like Miller right now. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, hey, this is another great episode. Um obviously there's a lot coming up here. By the time we do our next one, possibly college football will have started. And I saw this stat that said there will, there will not be another Saturday with no college football until like 
March, like some, like March 18th. It was just great. Like I was just really happy to see that football is back. Basketball is right around the corner. World cup is coming up. Like there's, this is, we are get locked in. Yeah. We are continuing get to in. get into this stretch. It's time. It's going to be a blast. And speaks. We're excited. I mean, this podcast guilt, we loved having you on, man. Appreciate it. You always welcome back, but uh, it's going to be a blast. We're going to have more guests. And like, like you said, like last year on us, you know, didn't get to roll through the podcast through the school year and through, through the true sports time that everyone looks forward to. So there's just going to be so much to talk about, like so much coming up each week in sports, you know, there's going to be games Thursday through Sunday and football. And it's like, like we said, you know, there's more coming up after football too. So, so excited. Uh, Gil, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, Always welcome. Yeah. It was a pleasure boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, like speak said, next time you hear us, we, we might have some, Week zero games to be recapping. Maybe I'm early prediction. Northwestern, 2017 and overtime. They're they're taking down the Huskers in Ireland. I would just be some ugly football. It's gonna be ugly. <laughs> it's gonna be horrible. It's raining and everything. Um, Probably. One one more thing too. And again, Gil, thank you for having coming on today. That was uh, you're a wizard with sports, so it's fun to hear <laughs> that stuff. But um, really quick. Astros just beat the Braves 5-4. So I just had to make sure. I, I know Gil's not not part of that train, but um just, just right. make sure everyone who is. Bandwagon has been closed for about a week or two now. So I don't I don't need to be on that Astros bandwagon. Sounds like it was just you and me speaks, but just <laughs> hurtful from all of our fans out there. But that's all right. Let's go Stros. Uh yeah, Stroll. And then, you know, right in the middle of October, we're gonna have those that playoff baseball too. So Plenty to be excited about, uh, Gail. Thank you again. But speaks great episode again. That was a blast. Uh, please always let us know if you guys want to join and come on the podcast. You got questions, things you want us to talk about. Always looking for new uh, information. But that's it for us today, and uh, we'll be back soon.